This episode is brought to you by NYX, a sustainable and natural mouthwash that aims to eliminate single-use plastic waste while using the highest quality natural ingredients to create a mouthwash that is both gentle on you and gentle on our planet. We are big fans of NYX, so much so that I recently brought it with me on my trip to France. NYX is gentle and effective, utilizing real ingredients with health benefits like peppermint oil and aloe vera. They have nixed the harsh chemicals, alcohol, synthetic additives, and preservatives that pollute your body and our waterways. Instead, leaving us with a natural mouthwash that really works is good for you and good for the planet. Each year, over 500 million plastic mouthwash bottles end up in landfills. That's enough to wrap around the earth three times. This is why NYX is dedicated to nixing single-use plastic through eco-friendly mouthwash crystals. The mouthwash crystals are lightweight and reduce carbon emissions from shipping. So incredible. By choosing NYX, you're keeping yourself and mother nature healthy and clean. They also donate 10% of profits to nonprofits that tackle environmental issues and help underprivileged children receive adequate dental care in the U S and abroad. There is so much to love about NYX as a company and a product. Fresh breath is just the top of it. And we know you're going to love it as much as we do. If you want to try NYX, you can save 25% off your first order. When you visit nixmouthwash.com. that's N I X mouthwash.com and use code CW podcast one word at checkout. You can also find the direct link in our show notes. Welcome to Courageous Wellness. My name is Erica Stein. And I'm Allie French. And this is a podcast about individual journeys within wellness and how to navigate it all. After Allie experienced a cancer diagnosis in her 20s, and Erica went through a self-love journey, we created a platform to interview real people from all walks of life that have combined all types of practices. From physical wellness to emotional and spiritual, we hear courageous stories and focus on why it's important to share them. We are both certified integrative nutrition health coaches and together with our community are learning to live our most purposeful lives by sharing one courageous story at a time. It takes courage to share these journeys and by talking about them, we aim to destigmatize the process. We want you to be your own health advocate, feel educated and informed on the latest in health and wellness and empower you to feel your absolute best. And because we want to bring forth a wide variety of stories, the opinions of our guests do not necessarily reflect our own, but we hope the diverse and varied stories will empower you to make the best choices for your own life. So join us as we and our community share our courageous wellness. This episode is brought to you by Ned. Let's talk about CBD. The CBD market feels really saturated these days, doesn't it? It seems like you can get it at any coffee shop or grocery store, and many CBD brands actually source their hemp from industrial hemp farms in China. The brand that we love, and more importantly, the brand that we trust is Ned. Ned produces some of the highest quality CBD available in the world, and Erica and I only partner with brands that we ourselves use. 
Ned shares third-party lab reports, who farms their products, and their extraction process all right there on their website. Ned is also USDA certified organic with all products extracted from USDA certified organic hemp plants grown by an independent farmer named Jonathan in Peonia, Colorado. How is that for knowing exactly where your CBD comes from? We have both been longtime users of Ned. I rely on the full spectrum hemp oil to help with anxiety and the hormone balance blend has been a game changer as I transitioned off of birth control. And today we want to talk about Ned's new product, which has been in development for over a year, the de-stress blend. I've gone through two bottles since it's come out and I could not be more obsessed with the benefits and the effects. This one-to-one formula of CBD and CBG is made from the world's purest full spectrum hemp and check out these ingredients. CBG is known as the mother of all cannabinoids because of how effective it is at combating anxiety and stress by inhibiting the reuptake of GABA, the neurotransmitter responsible for stress regulation. Ashwagandha is an amazing Ayurvedic adaptogen that enhances your body's resilience to stress. And the delicious taste of this blend is thanks to the botanical infusion of cardamom and cinnamon. Cinnamon is a powerful prebiotic that supports your gut health, a key player in your mental health. And cardamom combats stress by helping reduce your blood pressure and cortisol levels. Also, Ned's quality speaks for itself. The products have over 1,500 five-star reviews, and they work with incredible partners within the medical field like Dr. Carolyn Leaf, Dr. Christian Gonzalez, and Dr. Will Cole, who has been a two-time guest on this podcast. If you'd like to give Ned a try, Courageous Wellness listeners get 15% off Ned products with the code CWPODCAST. Visit helloned.com slash CWPODCAST to get access. That's H-E-L-L-O-N-E-D.com forward slash CWPODCAST to get 15% off. Thank you, Ned, for sponsoring the show and offering our listeners a natural remedy for some of life's most common health issues. You can also find a link in our show notes. Welcome back, everyone, to Courageous Wellness. Um, This is Erica speaking. I have a little bit of a cold, as you might be able to hear from my voice. I think it's like my first real cold in two and a half years, um, which is fun. We've also had some fires by me, which isn't fun that I think is contributing to this. But anyway, I have a cold. I'm on my period. We do updates every week. So my first update, Allie, before I hand it to you is I had a life-changing cookie (laughs) and I wanted to share it because it was life-changing. I didn't realize like Sprinkles, the cupcake bakery, they make cookies. And I had a red velvet cookie from Sprinkles and it was the most delicious cookie I've ever had in my entire life. And I... I love it so much and I can't wait to eat it again. It was just like, it was almost like a cakey cookie. Like it was perfectly doughy, but crisp on the edges. And it was a red velvet cookie and it had, I think, white chocolate chips and like macadamia nuts. It was really good. Sorry. That's like ASMR (laughs) now. It was really good. That's how good that cookie was. Um, (laughs) Well, and I'm, you, and I'm on my period and I'm sick. So I apologize. Right. This is a spicy intro for everyone. I was going to say you also like for those, most of our listeners know we are integrative nutrition health coaches and Erica is always the one to remind us that joy is also a nutrient. So sometimes yes. when you have a cold and you're on your period, there's nothing more joyful 
than I guess a red velvet cookie in in this case um, for you. Although red velvet wouldn't be my first choice, but I think people who love red velvet are deeply committed to that. I love red velvet. If you love red velvet and have a Susie Cakes anywhere near you, I know they (laughs) started in California, but I think now they are in other states. If they aren't, if you come to California, Susie Cakes red velvet cake is actually a life-changing red velvet cake. It is the best red velvet cake hands down. And people who don't like cake don't like red velvet, Allie. So I'm going to have to get you to try this cake. It's just, there's I don't know how they do it. Susie Cakes is really good too. I love that we're talking about cake right now and and sugar and desserts. It's like our whole focus is blood sugar balance. But again, joy is a nutrient. Joy on your plate is important. But if you have a fun fact, let's just add a little bit of like nutrition. Nutrition (laughs) science. science Yeah. If you choose to, you know, take joy cake, enjoy a cake or a sweet of some kind, doing it after a meal such as as a dessert after a well-balanced meal crafted with protein, fat, and fiber, your blood sugar won't spike as high if you enjoy it after a meal versus having it just on an empty stomach. Or as so, like a snack. Exactly. Right, that's what I mean. Yeah. Like in so, the middle of the day. So yes, if you want to enjoy cake, definitely. Um, and you don't want that big blood sugar spike, enjoy a yummy protein, healthy fat and fiber meal first. Um, but if you are looking for good cake, Susie cakes, red velvet and, uh, vanilla celebration, it's the best vanilla cake. I'm a chocolate person and I will choose that vanilla cake every single time over chocolate. It's so good. So yeah, I'm the strange, I'm the strange person. Sorry. I know, I know I have some fellow people out there. You have, they they do exist. I've never liked cake. Like even as a kid, I was like that weird kid that didn't like cake. I wouldn't want a cake for my birthday. Um, I, yeah, I just don't, I just never have seen the appeal. It's not that I don't like desserts. I just don't like cake or cupcakes. It's weird, but it's not new. It's been 36 years of my life. So all of those cake lovers, if you ever come to California after a well-balanced dinner and you want to enjoy your dessert, uh, Erica gave you the top recommendations for cake for sure. But I'm going to get you, Allie, like next time I have like a birthday party, maybe, maybe for my 35th will be my next like big party. Maybe, um, I'm going to get a Susie cakes and I'm going to make you eat it. Did you eat my 30th birthday cake? That was the Susie Cakes and that was Vanilla Celebration. Probably Probably not. not. If I had known, I would have like, I would have really, (laughs) I would have really encouraged you. I was like, I don't ever want to force someone to do anything, but really encourage you to take a bite. Um, Cause I'm like, that was my cake. It was Vanilla Celebration. Anyway, we could talk about cake forever, but we have such a good episode with Trisha Huffman today. She is incredible. It's her second time on the show. We adore her. We adore her messaging and we're going to get to her intro and her episode in a second. Yes. But, but, um, just for all of our listeners, I'm sure you're familiar now, but just to remind you that this episode is brought to you by milk and honey and Erica, in addition Erica and I, in addition to partnering with milk and honey, we are also big fans of, um, the online boutique and their spas. And just to remind you as well, there are two local ones open in the Los Angeles area now in Culver city and Brentwood. And then they have a bunch in Texas in the Austin, Texas area, and now open in Chicago as well. And we offer the CW retreat through milk and honey spas, which is a 60 minute 
Swedish massage with um, a complimentary full body bright dry brushing service. And you get to keep your dry brush. So you can go and ask for the CW retreat, or you can use our code CW podcast for 20% off any of the uh, spa services or on any of their um, products on their online store as well. Yeah. I'm going to go as soon as I kick this cold. I have an appointment that I'm hoping, fingers crossed, I get to keep depending on where this cold takes me. But um, yeah, I can't wait. I'm really excited to go back and get a nice little massage. And yeah, I buy all my OCM Malibu products, Super Goop, all of that on the Milk and Honey shop. And yeah, 20% off is so great with CW Podcast. But should we get into Trisha's episode? Do you want to take us away on her intro? Yes, absolutely. So on this week's episode of Courageous Wellness, we welcome back Trisha Huffman of Your Joyologist and author of the new book, F the Shoulds, Do the Wants. In F the Shoulds, Do the Wants, Trisha takes us on her personal journey of uncovering all the deep-rooted implications of the word should and how it Fs with us on a daily basis. Through personal stories, powerful insights, and simple yet impactful tools, readers gain the daily self-awareness and empowerment that is this one word life hack gives us. In this conversation, we deep dive into her new book, and Trisha gives us practical tips and tools to stop shooting all over ourselves. In addition to being an author, Trisha is a fellow podcast host, speaker, writer, coach, mentor, and manager of integrity. Her mission in this world is to be the reminder that we all must find joy, fulfillment, and enoughness in the now. And if you want to listen to her first episode of the podcast, that was so, so good and really details her origin story and really goes deep into her personal journey, you can find that link in our show notes. So enjoy the episode. This episode is sponsored by Sprout Living, organic plant-based protein powders. If you listen to this podcast, then you know that we absolutely love functional mushrooms for their wide variety of whole body benefits, including immune support, anxiety reduction, mental clarity, and much more. You also probably know that I am devoted to my daily cup of coffee. Right now, my current favorite Sprout Living product is the Epic Protein Complete Coffee. It's bold and creamy with a touch of sweetness from coconut milk and contains a blend of five adaptogenic mushrooms including reishi, chaga, mayatake, lion's mane, and turkey tail. So aside from a whopping 20 grams of plant protein, you're also getting awesome immune support and nervous system regulation. I blend it up in the morning with a little almond milk, and it's the perfect way to start my day. I've also been using the Epic Protein Mindful Matcha to make a superfood morning latte that also contains some pretty powerful fungi. In fact, the entire Sprout Living Epic Protein Premium line also incorporates functional mushrooms. The matcha blend I've been using contains ashwagandha and lion's mane. And in addition, it also contains brain boosting nootropics. I add some MCT oil for healthy fats and feel fueled all morning long. What makes Sprout Living different from most plant-based protein powders is that they avoid unnecessary additives that many others on the market use. That means they don't use any gums, thickeners, or natural flavoring, which isn't really natural at all. Instead, they only use real whole food ingredients, which is cool because it makes the blends multifunctional. So if you want to try Sprout Living, you can save 20% off your order by using the code CWPODCAST. 
Visit www.sproutliving.com and use code CWPODCAST, one word, to save 20%. They also offer free shipping and a 100% money back guarantee. Give them a try and let us know if you love it as much as we do. You can also find the direct link in our show notes. Hi guys, before we get to today's episode, we want to share how excited we are to offer our community 20% off their first order at Sakara with code XO courageous. We have been big fans of the company for years and the Sakara life organic meal delivery program is based on a whole food plant rich diet that includes fresh nutrient dense and delicious ingredients. It's perfect for those weeks. You need a refresh or don't have time to meal prep. They also have a clean boutique, which offers delicious food forward bars, snacks, beauty water drops, and my personal favorite metabolism super powder, which works to fire up your metabolism, stabilize blood sugar, eliminate bloat and decrease puffiness. The naturally rich low sugar, dark chocolate flavor is perfect for smoothies or simply mixed with coffee and nut milk. I also regularly use the Sakar cookbook full of plant-rich recipes, which you can purchase on their website. Click the link in our show notes to visit sakara.com and use code XO courageous for 20% off your first order. We know you will love it as much as we do. Now onto the episode. Hi, Trisha. Welcome back to Courageous Wellness. Thank you. So yeah. good to be back with you ladies. Yeah. Um, we're, we're really excited to have you today, have this conversation. If anybody hasn't heard your first episode with us, which is like eons ago, it feels like, um, early days of courageous wellness, uh, please, we're going to link it in the show notes. So please reference that for anyone who wants to hear a little bit more about, um, Trisha's journey, but just like if anybody's new to you or your work or your show, can you um, share a little bit about your personal background and how that led you into the space and the work that you do now? Yeah. I'm all like, how do I like summarize? But <laughs> um, there were two key moments in my life that really, you know, have put me on the path that I'm on. Um, one is related to my health. When I was younger, I always had like medical issues, not feeling good, but like not really diagnosable things. And, and even in high school, my mom started to take me to all sorts of specialists. When I was 18, I was finally diagnosed with fibromyalgia, but that was like from a, someone who just graduated, like the word had just been like created <laughs> and it felt very much, but it, there was like, Oh, the pressure point test, but it was like, Oh, great. And I was so happy to have a word. <laughs> to finally, but it's still like, there wasn't much to do. They were just like, here's a bunch of pills. But in that time leading up to not being diagnosed, I, I didn't feel great physically, but also felt very like lonely, uh, and who I was. And I was popular. I, you know, I, I had tons of friends, but I just felt very isolated and just like, felt like I both wanted to fit in and stand out and was just like, what is this? I also just really felt like I saw behind like the BS of, of a lot of things. Like I was raised Catholic and I early on was like, I don't know about what you're teaching here. And like, my parents were in an unhappy marriage and was just like, uh, I don't know if I'm supposed to listen to you because you're obviously not happy. <laughs> like, so very much always questioning. And I almost, um, I thought about a lot about ending my life because I really just didn't feel seen 
uh, I didn't, I was in so much pain and it came down to a moment. I chose if I'm going to think about ending my life, what if I tried actually living my life? So what if I tried to care less about other people and what they may or may not think about me, but like, what do I want? What would bring me joy? Cause I think and these are still things that I can question myself today of like, Oh, I don't know if that's, if, if I can like that song, is that cool enough? Like these small things that, like I said, I can still be affected by like, oh no, am I like to like, is it okay to like this Justin Bieber song? <laughs> like, what are people going to think of me? That it's like, unfortunately it's natural. I think for our brains to be wired to the fear of being judged. So from my early age, I have not defeated that, but I became very aware of it. And, um, and that led me to living out my biggest dream, which was to become a live sound engineer. And then in my father passed away suddenly. And that created this huge, like reawakening to me. And I just wanted to like shake people to be like, you could die tomorrow. And I felt like I had really lived my life, like choosing to be alive that whole time. And, um, it just made me want to like wake other people up. And I was working with these people that had it all and seeing how unhappy they were also. So that's what created, you know, what now has led to me writing this book, F the shoulds do the once is that I ended up giving up the word should when I, I like quit my life, when my dad passed away and I loved my life, I was so excited for the year that was to come of the tour I was going to be on, but I just couldn't deal. And I didn't know what I was going to do. I knew I wanted to wake people up and make a change. I had no idea how I would do that. I was a sound engineer <laughs> that toured the world. It was really be before social media and stuff too. It wasn't like, I'll just become one of those people that says insp inspirational quotes, which I ended up becoming, but that was like, not there. What that wasn't a thing. Um, yeah. So I decided to give up the word should, and I swapped it out for want and it, uh, it changed my life. Yeah, no, I remember. I mean, thank you for the spark notes version of your life's journey. It still felt um, long to me. I was like, Trisha, this is supposed to be short, but it's hard. It's no, hard. It, it does very impactful stuff that I feel like I have to mention. <laughs> Absolutely. And again, like it's linked in the show notes, but we go into so much more detail about your background in your first appearance on the show. Um, so everyone can listen to that, but what I'd love to focus on, which you mentioned, right. Is and, and you touched on it, right? Like throughout your journey, it was all of this, like, what kind of music should I like? What should I do? What, right? Like this, this word should can really paralyze us. I mm -hmm. think as people, I think, especially as women, since we're three women speaking and I have mostly female friendships and we deal with this quite often, this concept of, um, yeah the word should. So I love that you mentioned, right? Like I changed the word should to want, and it changed everything. Can we unpack that a little bit? Can you elaborate and talk a little bit more about just that subtle change? Yeah. Um, like I said, when I got this like message to give up the word should, it didn't make sense to me because I didn't think I lived a life of shoulds. I had very much lived out my dreams, lived my wants was, you know, like living it up. Um, and so I don't know where that message came from, but I chose to focus on the word should, and I was shocked at how often it tried to come out of my mouth and I was committed. So I would be in conversation and be like, what should, 
or just wake up myself. Like I had no idea what I was doing with my life. So be like, what should I do today? I should get out of bed. What should I eat? Should I should go to yoga? Like all of these shoulds. And that's what I think it's easier for people to focus on. Like, yeah, don't shit all over yourself. And you think about this like big thing, but it's these, all these tiny things that we're not paying attention to. And so for each one of those, I started to then pause and be like, oh, and so I realized I would be in mid sentence or mid thought and be like, I need another word. Like if I'm going to commit to this, like, what do I say? What do I say if I don't say should? And I tried some different words on and want was like such a game changer to me because I realized with should, it really didn't feel like introspective at all. It was sort of like looking for my answer outside of myself. What should I do? Or almost in punishing too. like, right. I should have gotten out of bed yet. I should do yoga. I should do this. Like it was not, it was uncomfortable and like somebody please give me the right answer. And it also just felt like, you know, like there was a right and wrong way. And I don't know with want just changing that one word out was like, Oh, like I was constantly coming back to myself. Oh, well, yeah, I should get out of bed, but why? Like, I don't have anything to do. I don't know what I'm doing. Like, why, what if I just, I want to be in bed and that's okay. Like, so even those sorts of things, instead of like shaming myself, like you should be out of bed by 8am, but I don't have a job. I don't like, I'm just like figuring out my life now, you know, or, Oh, what should I eat for breakfast? Right. Well, what do I want to eat for breakfast? It just made me also get so much more inquisitive about why I was doing things. So like, right. Like, you know, could be like, okay, what should I have for breakfast? What did I, what's the newest healthy trend? Should I be having a smoothie or a chia pudding or a juice? Or like, you know, it's like, so like, what should I be eating? Okay. Well, what do I want to eat? So looking at, well, why am I making that choice? Mm -hmm. And also if it's like, well, I want a donut. And then you're like, oh no, but I should have a smoothie. Well, then you can look at, well, how will that make me feel? Like I had to create all these like questionings to get, like, I was constantly like confronting myself. So like, great. I should have a donut. Oh, or no, I should not. I should Maybe you should have a donut. Like like I should have a smoothie, but I want a donut. Okay. Well, how will I feel after I eat that? You know what? Yeah. I did get really like sick and my stomach hurt last time after I ate the donut, but I want something more sweet and fun. So, okay, maybe I'll make a like chocolate sweet smoothie or, you know, like, why do I think I should have the smoothie? Because that like leaves me feeling energized and fulfilled and those things. So you just pay more attention to that. But sometimes it's just like, yeah, I really want the donut. And then when you're getting clear on that, you can enjoy the donut without the guilt and shame and BS or be like, oh, maybe I'll have a donut and a smoothie. (laughs) It's just like, you're giving yourself more options and seeing like, you're allowed to make the choices, but also looking at what's driving that. Yeah. It seems like the way you explain it, that you spark more curiosity about where your decision-making comes from. And One of the quotes that I love, I'm going to quote Ted Lasso for saying it, but I think in Ted Lasso, he quotes Walt Whitman for saying it. And there's some, um, I I don't know, there's some like discrepancy on whether it's real, like whether it's really can be attributed to Walt Whitman. But the point is the quote is like, be curious, not, or choose curiosity, not judgment, be curious, not judgmental. And the way you're explaining it in this even sort of scenario with the donut and the smoothie is that it allows you to flip the curiosity, even on yourself, rather than perceive judgment on yourself based on 
making certain decisions because then you can, even like when you're saying the donut option, it's like, why do I want the donut? Even from a nutrition perspective, I think that's so empowering because it's like, why do I want the donut? What is my body telling me right now? Am I really craving sugar? And if so, is that because I didn't, um, properly fuel myself from my last meal or whatever it might be. Like you get to explore what's going on. Now we're just using that as an example, but it can be incredibly powerful. I think having that kind of curiosity about where and why something exists or desire exists, um, and then eliminate that aspect of judgment that maybe comes along with should, because should sometimes I think has a moral, like, I don't know, weight put on it where it's like you said, good or bad, like, or obligatory in a sense. Um, and then the other thing that I noticed when you're explaining it was also when we change should to want and change our language, this is why I think language is really powerful. And I want you to talk more about that, but, um, we also then have to take responsibility for wanting something. And I think there's something really powerful in that because then it's not something we can make excuses about for ourselves. Like if you're like, oh, well, I knew I should have done this. So I did it. But if I'm like, I get in touch with the fact that like, I wanted to do this, it had certain results for me, but that was a choice that I made. So I got an opportunity to learn something good, bad, or otherwise. It's like, then the responsibility is on, is on you for your own life. Um, so anyway, I just think there's really two things that I've become kind of woken up to through some of your work. And I can't say that I've been able to eliminate should, but even just being, um, conscious of through your work of this word, I've at least grown an awareness about when I go there. Uh, so even if it's like, (laughs) in my vocabulary still, you know, it's hard to change language, but I think it can be really powerful. There's like an awareness of when you say, you know, it comes up. Um, and then going through that kind of series of questions that you just walked us through, I think is really, can be really transformative. Um, so can you talk to us about language a little bit? Because I know, uh, the root of this comes from changing language, but why is that so innately connected to, our understanding of self behavior, culture. Yeah. I mean, I haven't like studied language, but yeah, for me, it was just the fact of seeing how impactful only paying attention to one word has made me so self-aware of everything that I'm doing, thinking, believing, and then being able to question it. And, you know, like when you're saying like, yeah, I do see like switching to a want is seeing things that are my choice. And so I really am always showing up in my life with full integrity and alignment because I have made that be a want. And sometimes it is like, you know, there's a chapter on like on, okay, like to oh, procrastination shoulds or the shoulds we like don't really want to do like cleaning or the obligatory shoulds or like I should help my friend or I should do this. And so again, getting to look through, well, why do I want to do that? Or like making compromises and stuff. So anytime I'm doing anything, it's because I know that I have made that choice. Even sometimes when it feels like, oh, this is not, this is fair. This is not like the choice I would want to make, but like, 
well, this is what's happening. So I have to like get myself on gear and choose that this is happening. So I got to show up for it, even if it's not like necessarily like, yay, I want it. So like the whole idea of, of me taking the shoulds and only doing the once is not like, I'm not doing anything unless it 1000% benefits me. And so like, I just brush off responsibilities and I'm so selfish. It's like, no, I'm so self-aware. And so everything I'm doing, I know what I'm doing and why. And so I'm not living in resentment. I'm not living in expectation. I'm not living in disappointment and all of those things, they still come up, but again, I'm aware of them. And I look at, Oh, what am I feeling and why? And then I can get clear on, Oh, right. This is why. Okay. And well, what can I do about this? Um, so for me, this word, and there's many others, uh, I don't know if there's any others that I've totally committed to, but there will be different words that I notice. And I'm like, Oh, that's interesting. Uh, I was just about to say weird. I think I did a solo podcast episode about that. I was starting to notice how often I was calling things weird. And that was just like an easy way for me to be like, well, that's weird and not really confront it. So it'd be like, Hmm, that's weird that like, so-and-so hasn't invited me to use her pool yet, even though I moved closer and she invited so-and-so like, or that's weird that that happened. Like, so like, it would just be, I could just name things as weird and then not really deal with, well, what am I really feeling? What is underneath the weird? Yeah, I feel a little bit left out or I feel disappointed. Like it was like an easier word to just say that's weird than, well, what's the truth of what I'm feeling? What's happening? Okay. And so what do I want to do about it? Or like, also like looking at it. Well, yeah, she's had a really busy summer with her kids. That person was invited because of that reason. Or like, if it really bothers me, how about I say something? Hey, I'd love to come over sometime like that. So it's again, paying attention to my word usage really has me confronting myself and facing my feelings so that I can either move through them or like dive in and be like, well, what am I going to do about this? Yeah, that's so it's so powerful, right? Like you said, like the, the words you use help you become more self-aware about everything in your life. And, um, yeah, I just, the way you've gotten so granular with, this concept of shoulding, like shoulding ourselves shoulds. Um, it really hits me because actually this week or the last couple of weeks, I feel like I've been really struggling with like my mornings. Like I'm not having the mornings I want to have. And I've had a really hard time, um, creating the mornings I want to have, but I think it's because I feel that like ju- I'm judging myself for continuously not having the mornings I want to have because I save and I'm like, wow, like I'm having like an epiphany. I feel like I'm in therapy listening to you because I'm like, wow, that's why it's not connecting. Because when I wake up in the morning and I'm tired, instead of just being like, I want to sleep an extra 30 minutes and that may and will impact the rest of my morning routine or activities. Um, it's like, wow, like that's why it's not translating because I'm like, well, you shouldn't sleep in, you shouldn't do this. You should do that. I'm like, oh my gosh. So I'm already tomorrow morning. I'm going to ask myself when I wake up, like, what do we want to do today and see, I'm just excited for future Erica to see how that's going to change kind of getting back into a rhythm and a routine for myself. So having an epiphany there, very excited to apply this to the mornings because there is so much, at least for myself, like I'm really hard on myself. So there's a lot of like 
there's a lot of shooting, I think, and being hard on yourself as, as I'm having this therapy epiphany through this podcast conversation, but something else is like, you know, as you're talking about this other word integrity, and I know you're also a manager of integrity and have worked with people as a manager of integrity, but right. Like this resentment or even, um, I think depression, a lot of this stuff can come from a lot of self-betrayal and not living in integrity. And I'm, I'm so curious again, I'm like, can we explore and unpack integrity a little bit and what that maybe even means for you or how you started being able to live in integrity and help become a manager of integrity for other people too, because even the way, right. You're talking about your friend's pool, right? Like all of this takes so much courage and vulnerability, right? Because we want, maybe I shouldn't say we all want, but I think a lot of this comes from this, like, well, I don't know if it's a perception of how we want to be perceived or how we think things should be, or if it's like the influence of social media on our psyches. I don't know, but I think like what living in integrity, I think is the most important thing we can do. And I would just love to explore that a little bit with you as well. Yeah. I mean, one thing that kept coming up for me listening to you is that, yeah, a lot of reasons that people, uh, you know, even like your morning routine or it's like, well, I, you know, I want, you know, I should be getting up and doing these things or people can have a hard time staying in integrity with them because maybe they're being too busy judging themselves or having like unrealistic expectations for what they think, you know, like it's not, I'm going to be honest with you when you wake up tomorrow. And just because you say like, what do I want to do? Well, so this is the thing too. That's one thing of giving yourself space and that choice is like, I'm going to ask myself, what do I want to do? And then getting to see, do I want to get up and do these things? Or do I want 30 minutes? Like that's like, you're giving your choice. But, you know, for me, especially when I had kids and they were young and finally sleeping through the night and I was finally like feeling like rested up, then I was like, okay, I want to get up early and start doing yoga. I want to have like me time in the morning, but shockingly me saying that I wanted to do that, didn't make it happen. (laughs) And then I had to get like really clear with myself too. Cause it's also like being realistic and nudging yourself out of the comfort zone to get to that one. So it's like starting small. What ended up happening for me, you know, it was like, I had this dream of what that I morning looked like. And so if I had, didn't wake up at this time and then I'm like, okay, now I'm going to set my alarm for 30 minutes earlier. Cause an hour didn't work 45 minutes. didn't work. I'm going to wear my yoga clothes. I tried so many, I'm going to set my alarm to this music and maybe that'll motivate me. <laughs> there are a couple of things. And I, I do, I even share this in the book. There were a couple of things that helped me, but really it was like giving myself much smaller, like, okay, just five minutes. And then it was, what would happen is sometimes I, oh, but the kid woke up early then. So that messed me up. But what I just started to do was like, instead of saying, Oh, tomorrow. Okay. So tomorrow I'm going to try again. I was like, well, that didn't happen, but I'm still committed to doing that thing. Right. So it's like, what might be in your morning routine? Maybe you slept in and you don't have time for it now. Maybe you can make, Hey, I'm going to do this for two minutes instead of 
10 minutes, or you know what? I didn't have time for this morning. So I'm going to do this when I take my afternoon break. So I would just, what finally got me to like do the thing was like, okay, well, I'm already awake and my kids are awake. I fed them breakfast. I'm going to try to do just five minutes of yoga, even with my kids climbing on me. And then once I did it, I was like, oh, all right. It's amazing how even five minutes of yoga can change how I feel. And so then the doing it and the feeling it made me start to make different shifts and changes. But I think so often we have too high of impossible expectations for ourselves and unrealistic, or we'll just, well, that didn't work. So tomorrow, 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 instead of like just diving in, like any minutes is more than no minutes is one of my like biggest mantras to get me to do so many things that I want to do every day, but it's really easy to put off and be like, that's going to take too hard. That's going to be too long, blah, blah, blah. Okay. Just five minutes. Yeah. We want to take a quick break from this episode to tell you about today's sponsor, Milk and Honey. Milk and Honey is a female founded and funded brand that began as a luxury day spa in Austin, Texas, and has since grown to include eight locations across Texas and Los Angeles, California, as well as a line of bath, body, and skincare products born from the spa. One of Milk and Honey's best-selling products is the natural deodorant, which is loved by Zoe Kravitz and was featured in her Vogue's Beauty Secrets video. I've been using the baking soda free version exclusively for over two, three years. This gentle aluminum free baking soda free deodorant was designed to nourish sensitive skin while keeping you feeling and smelling fresh all day long. It never gave me any itchy red bumps when I switched over and passed the smell test, even after an intense workout. It truly is the best and comes in two scents, lavender tea tree and lemon vanilla. In addition to clean deodorant, their online boutique also offers clean beauty products from top brands, including Osea Malibu, Virtue, Moon Juice, Kula Sun Care, Supergoop, and more. Some favorite products of mine other than the deodorant include Milk and Honey's Gel Cleanser, Supergoop Glow Screen, and SPF 40, which I now buy on their site, and Osea's Body Oil and Vegas Nerve Oil, which activates the body's relaxation response and helps regulate stress. Their spas are also lovely, and we are both big fans of their spa treatments. And we now offer discounts at both the online boutique and spa locations on all spa and med spa treatments. We are also thrilled to partner with Milk and Honey to offer a courageous wellness spa package called the Courageous Wellness Retreat at a discounted rate. The Courageous Wellness Retreat combines a 60-minute Milk and Honey Signature Massage, which is a Swedish massage tailored to your needs, focusing on relaxation and stress relief combined with body brushing, an exfoliating and detoxifying treatment that uses a natural bristle brush that you get to take home to stimulate your lymph and circulation while also reviving dull skin. Courageous Wellness listeners can enjoy 20% off your next order at milkandhoney.com and 20% off your first spa service at any Milk and Honey location with code CWPODCAST. Visit milkandhoneyspa.com to find a location near you. And if you want to try the Courageous Wellness Spa package offered at a special rate, use the code Courageous Wellness Retreat to redeem. This is not able to be combined with any other discount or promotion. You can also find all the information in our show notes. This episode is brought to you by BASE. Ever wanted to figure out why you are feeling sluggish or bloated or what's really up with your stress levels? 
or why you never feel truly rested? With base at-home blood work kits, a simple finger prick or saliva sample makes it easy to find out the answers to common health concerns. Whether you know which test you want to get started with or you need some guidance, BASE's proprietary assessment quiz makes it easy to begin your health journey empowered with an understanding of your own body. Members can measure, understand, and improve their health levels related to the five most common areas of health concerns, diet, stress, energy, sleep, and sex drive. The result of your hormone, vitamin, or nutrient tests are delivered to you through BASE's app and come with personalized recommendations, including lifestyle changes, supplement suggestions, and more. We both had the opportunity to try BASE and we love having the information at our fingertips and really recommend it as a resource. You know, we are huge proponents of advocating for your own health and BASE gives you a baseline information about yourself just to make it easier. Pricing starts at $59.95 per month or quarterly, or you can start with BASE Complete, which are eight tests up front for $4.50. We are happy to be able to offer our listeners 20% off with the code CWPODCAST. To get started, take the BASE quiz, which will give you a recommendation for a personalized testing plan. Visit get-base.com slash CWPODCAST to receive 20% off with code CWPODCAST at checkout. You can also find the direct link to the quiz in our show notes. I know it's, I mean, it makes so much sense and we all... I think can relate on some level of not, you know, having things we desire for ourselves in our life, but sometimes feeling that gap between the reality of like making the change versus what we feel we want or what we may actually want, but then like how to kind of align into creating the moment so that it can, that it can happen. And maybe it happens slowly. Like you were just saying too, not putting, that kind of pressure on that it has to happen all at, at once. Cause as we talk about like habits and, you know, lifestyle changes, whether, especially when we do desire them, even so there it's like what you do kind of most of the time, not all of the time that ultimately accumulates to, to creating, um, I guess habits for ourselves. And so, um, you know, it's interesting when you're talking, I was thinking about like all this kind of work you've done around this so much so that you've published a book now that's out. I think we, ta- I think we talked about the title, but if we haven't mentioned it, it's F the shoulds do the wants get clear on who you are, what you want and why you want it, which we've been diving into those concepts, but you, as your joyologist too, you, you mentioned about like creating inspirational quotes and I was thinking about it while you're talking, you've had a lot of creative output in and around this work. And I'm curious as a creator, as an author, do you ever feel like the days when you have to create or have to choose to create, but don't want to do it? I mean, these, these, you know, it's a lot of output and I'm curious, like how you, um, how do you do it on days <laughs> that you don't want to do it well, or might it, not feel inspired, like from creating new, cause you create a lot of material. 
Yeah. Well, two different things. One is that I do allow myself to have like the downtime, the off time that it's like, I do think a while ago, I would sort of like worry of like, oh no, I don't, you know, or even I don't feel motivated. Then like seeing like, yeah, like just some days I'm not going to feel like as motivated or inspired or empowered to share something or do something and like, and that's okay. Um, so I, I try to always check in with again, cause it can feel like, especially, you know, with these days being like social media, what it is and online creators, like it's not, when I first started sharing, it wasn't even like a thing. It was just like, yeah, I'm just like, let me just put this out there. I'm really feeling called to do it. And I still try to do that. Like, oh, I'm just really feeling called to do this thing. But of course now too, I create more things that I want to be like, oh, I actually like want people to know about this course I'm running, or I want people to like know about this book. So like, there's like, besides like, there's so many online creators and, um, but like, right. I do have things I want to like be promoting in the world. So I do want to be putting content out to share that. And so that can definitely feel like, Oh, what should I? So again, it comes back to a lot of times, like if I feel like I should be doing something, I should be, you know, even like, oh, right. I have a course. That's why I need to send a newsletter. Right. So I need to send a little. So, so, and that cannot feel, oh, it's going to feel again. Like most of the time things can feel like uncomfortable, hard. I don't know what to say. I don't know if it's going to be that. And so like, well, why again, like, why am I doing this? Right. Because I really do believe in this thing that I'm doing or offering. And so I do want to share about it and like trying to like, again, by questioning myself and, and not, you know, also making sure like sometimes it's like, yeah, maybe that would have been better if I had emailed that yesterday, but I really was not feeling the energy. Like it was just like, it was going to be too forced. So I said, no. So like, I give myself like wiggle room for things, even when it's a time like, right. I like this needs to be talked about and like shared soon. So like giving myself that space. So nothing ever feels forced. But then again, sometimes it's just, is like getting clear with, well, what is it? Like, why did I even write this book or why am I offering this thing? Like, what is the reason that I want? And like, and, and also then going for a walk always helps me to shift. Like, even if I'm not going on that walk, like I'm going to go for a walk and come back super energized to write this email copy or something. It normally just going for a walk. Then things come even a drive to like come to me and I get it. And I'm reminded like, oh yeah, that's why I do this. That's why I continue to share this work. That's why. So it's like, I give myself like cut myself a lot of slack. And then also again, like use the why and that, oh, and how will it feel once it's done is a good motivator, not usually for sharing content, but just like, you know, like, oh, right. The emails or the whatever, or the, like, I've been meaning to reach out to this person forever and I, but I'm scared or nervous or whatever. Um, yeah. Um, and then sometimes too, just like, even in writing the book, how I wrote it was just like allowing myself to write something shitty. So I try not to like, oh, I really feel called to share something life-changing on social media today. Like I do sometimes we'll have that actual feeling, but I'm like, what is it? But if I have that pressure on myself, then I'm like, Whoa. so it's just like, all right, let me just see what comes out of me. And sometimes I'll be like, wow, that's, a, I had no idea. That's what I was going to say. And sometimes I'm like, okay, nothing is there. I don't think I need to be talking today. Maybe I'll share an old post or I just won't say anything. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. And I, 
I wonder too, and maybe I'm like hearing this wrong, but something I'm, I'm thinking while you're talking to is it's like, I don't know if, um, like our wants, right. Like you said, like, what do I really want? Right. Not just like in this moment, like my wants and my needs sometimes like it can feel, I guess, because we're so, or I'm so conditioned, um, with the word should like, well, I should send this email or I should, um, and I don't want to send this email right now, or I should start working on this project, but I don't want to start working on this project right now. Like you're talking about like almost like unpacking to the deeper through the whys, but it's like, cause sometimes at the root of that is just like fear, right? Like it's not actually a should it's, it's like fear. And what you really want is on the other side of that fear is kind of like, is how I'm processing. I don't know if I'm hearing that correctly or if that's what you're talking yeah, about. I mean, there's too. so much like in what I said, there's so many layers and that's, I mean, <laughs> there is like in the book, I go through like, yes. like this whole book is basically about the word should, but it's not because it's how I was able to expose my fears, expose mm-hmm. my doubts, expose my shame, expectation, all of that stuff from paying attention to the should. So yeah, yes. you're right. Like, I'll be like, Oh, I should write this email, but I don't know. Like, well, okay. Why do I feeling like I should, or like, what's this heavy? Cause even now, like I gave the word up, I use it when I'm like describing the feeling, yes. or whatever. but even though I don't use it in my day-to-day language like that, I feel it. So like, I can still feel that weight and be like, Oh, what's this discomfort? right. I'm afraid they're going to say no, or Mm -hmm. I'm afraid, you know, this, I'm afraid I'm going to get rejected. Okay. But I won't know. Like, and then I give myself that space. So it basically has me constantly facing myself and what's really going on. And then it's still my choice. Like, well, okay, well, I'm so I'm not going to try. So I've just told myself no then. So I'm not going to even send the email because I'm expecting a no, or like, why not just try? Because I do want, you know, this thing that I, this request or this offer this thing. And, um, oh man, it feels so good to actually yeah. like, like, you know, you've even happened a couple of times this week for things that I was like, oh, I don't know, I'm not going to ask, they're going to say no. And then like, would, you know, send out a request or something and people like write back immediately like, oh my gosh, yes. And, blah, blah, blah. And, I'm like, <gasps> and I'm still like moved to tears. Like, oh my gosh, somebody said yes to me. <laughs> yeah. Like, like we're so easy to just tell ourselves no, and not even give anybody else the chance to. Yeah. Well, I think this work that you're talking about too, it's like at this self-awareness helps you get to the root of understanding yourself and living back to that word, like living in your own integrity, which is the most important. And so, um, yeah, I'm curious, Ali and I have started reading your book. It's amazing. It's wonderful. And we think everybody should get a copy of it because this is very important work, but for anybody who's listening, can you share and break down, right? Like, yes, we're talking about all these concepts in this episode. What can they expect from the tangible book? Yeah. So we touched on lots of things that are mentioned in the book, but like, so as I was saying, like, it's all, everything ties back to the word should, which for me, like I said, is how I've become so well, but also it's like, I'm giving you one thing. If you can start to pay attention to only one thing, can it uncover all of these things for you too? So each chapter goes into a different way that I realized that the shoulds mess with me and sort of like, oh, like the fear of being judged and how that was me judging myself, the not enoughness struggle, creating boundaries, because I was starting to pay attention to like how I feel or like what I should be doing as a friend, this, that, um, you know, 
yeah, resentment, shame, the should haves are a big one. So it's 16 chapters that is like going into different topics in each chapter that again, I'm able to tie back into shoulds. And I share in every chapter, like personal stories, because that's the way, the best way that I've been able to like apply information when I'm learning is like learning through somebody's stories instead of just like, here's this, do this. So I share stories of how I woke up to some of these things and then, or like how I, you know, saw them in my own life and then give you like questions and tools and things to look at in your own life. But, and also like there's pull out quotes and like, I'm so glad that I wrote it a certain way and had like, you know, full page quotes pulled out and, and it's like there's subsections in each chapter and everything for a reason. And I've been so happy to hear from so many people how they're like, wow, the book is so easy to read because it is broken up so well, or like, oh my gosh, every time, you know, like I haven't like sat down to read it yet, but I was just like flip to a page and I'm like, oh my gosh, I needed that. So it's like, I wrote it in a very specific order, but at the same time I wrote it to be like, you're going to like, oh, I'm just struggling with shame right now. Let me go check that chapter out again. Or, oh, like, yeah, I need to set a boundary. So like places you can keep jumping in and out of it. Yeah. That, I mean, it's, it is great. And it goes along with the way you can also kind of like present quotes and little kind of like bite-sized pieces of information to think about with the rest of your content too. And so I think there's like a real continuity, even just like visually with that. So that's really cool. Um, I was just thinking as you were sharing about these bigger concepts that like this kind of work around this word can get us into as this conversation has shown, um, that a lot of these things are really universal as far as the human experience goes. But when we keep them all inside and don't talk about them, things like self-judgment, things like shame, um, boundaries, all of this stuff, we all go through it. I mean, maybe some people are like better equipped to act in integrity for themselves than others based on certain conditioning, but like, it's not unique, unique to one person. I think like, that's why so many people resonate with the work that you're doing. It's just like, yeah, this is part of the experience of being human. And it's definitely, um, I, I, you know, I remember I had this experience where like a lot of things in my life kind of fell apart all at the same time, (laughs) which now is when I look back, I'm really, really grateful for like, like a relationship blew up. I didn't have a how, like I didn't have a home because I had been living in a different country and then I moved back and then like a job ended. So like, I was like, didn't have a house cause I had given it up. Didn't have a job, didn't have a boyfriend. Like it was all at the same time. Mm-hmm. And I just remember feeling like the bottom had like dropped out. And there was a time that I, we have a Buddhist practice and I really just spent a lot of time chanting because there was nothing else for me to do, but it really, um, helped me tap into this part of myself that wasn't trusting myself in my life. And I, from that moment on, I sort of had this epiphany where it's not that I, I don't respect opinions of people I really love because I do, and I will seek them, um, when I, when I want them, but I realized I had been living in such a way where, I was, um, pulling the audience or, you know, phoning a friend every time I needed to make a serious decision about my life. I was looking outside of myself, as you had said earlier. 
And when I realized I didn't need to do that, that I knew the answer, it's actually reminds me a little bit of the forward that you have in your book when, when Jason, Jason Mraz did her forward and talks about, I think like I already had my answer, but I was conditioned. Yeah, was and it I, even like, yeah. Or like, and also like what the like person said to him. Oh yeah. It was like youth too. something. It was like, I guess I should look it up, but it was, it, I resonate with that. Cause I had that moment in my life and it was by myself. It wasn't with someone else coming. It was a moment by myself in my own spiritual practice, but it was transformative because I stopped looking outside of myself all the time for the answers for my own life answers. I already knew maybe I didn't understand the answers inside of me. Maybe I didn't spend time with them. Maybe I didn't even think I wanted certain things like that were deep, but I did have an understanding that I had an innate knowing about my life that I was not listening to for a long time. And so I think the work that you do around this can help with that because it like starts to, like you said, bring awareness to, um, this sense of like perceived pressure, I think we often put on ourselves, but through other people's voices, through everything, like seeking answers for ourselves and our, you know, our integrity, but like living out of integrity. And it's kind of the opposite when you're just constantly seeking outside of yourselves. And like I said, that's not, not valuing or trusting loved ones who I really do appreciate, like their points of view, but it, it's not stronger than my internal knowing. Um, and I think this work can really help with that because it's, yes, there are these light bulb moments or are these aha moments for sure that can be really transformative, but then there's also like our patterns and conditioning. And as you said, like, even though you don't use the word anymore, you might think it sometimes. So a book like this and tools, like the kind that you develop and work with are helpful for the, the moments after the awareness, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's what, like, you know, I still fight these things on a daily basis and I say over and over in the book, like, yeah, you're right. Like, this is not you, like, this is not a you problem. Like the fact that you have been living all these shoulds or that you have shame and guilt and like all this stuff like that, that you're judging other people, you're judging yourself, like that, that's all like part of our humanness and that's our wiring, but we don't have to like accept any of that stuff. Mm -hmm. So it's a lot of questioning, but like, I really like hoping that people get from the book too this like radical self-compassion. It's not, Oh, I should it, or, Oh, I feel shame or I did this and whatever and I messed up or this. Cause I, I have seen that I think in like wellness and personal development world that people, it's like, you just like, keep going on with your journey. Like, yes, like, you know, there is no end, but also like accepting that there is no end instead of, I haven't evolved enough, or I'm not this enough, or cause I'm still struggling with judgment or this. So I must not be uh, some good enough student or whatever. And it's like, no, that's the human experience. And the fact that you can be present to, oh man, that's a, okay. Well, why am I judging that? Okay. And being able to be aware of that and question it, it's like with love and compassion instead of, oh, I'm so terrible. I did that. So really constantly meeting yourself with love and compassion as you question 
what's happening inside your head and like, yeah, other people's opinions and choices and all of that too. Cause judging other people doesn't really support us either. That's not, we're not, we're taking on that energy of like, let me say that I'm right and they're wrong or they're, they should be doing things this way, or this is how I did it. And so they should. And so like meeting yourself and others with so much compassion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It reminds me of something I really like in our Buddhist practice is that like everyone is born with a mission. Like you wouldn't have been born if you didn't have a mission to fulfill. And like, it's this concept of like, it's not that the Buddha is outside, right? Like we're all Buddhas. Like Trisha's a Buddha, Ali's Buddha, Erica's Buddha. Everyone is a Buddha. And if you can't see it in others, you can't see it in yourself. And so it's like, really it's, it's deep stuff, but it's really about, right? Like it's not, there's no perfection in that. It's just, we're all we're all human and we're all people as Kelsey Abbott. We had a human design, um, expert on our podcast again this year. And her name is Kelsey Abbott. She calls it soul school. I think that's like, she's the one who calls it. She's like, we're all just in soul school here. Oh, I think it's earth, 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 earth school. school, earth school. Earth school. We've come to earth she, school. she says earth school. I'm saying soul school now. Um, she's great, but thank you so much, Trisha, for everything you've shared with us today. As we begin to wrap up, we have three wrap up questions, which I think is a little bit different from the last time I wouldn't have remembered the them anyway. <laughs> great. Great. And I'm sure in the last two plus oh. years, things have also changed, um, for you. If even if some of them were the same. So the first question that we always ask is what is your self-care routine? What are some of your self-care non-negotiables in your life? So I don't really have a routine. Uh, I mean, <laughs> the commitment to like, you know, my commitment to this, this should and paying attention, like really is a, a self-care thing, because like I said, it has me really, really aware of what I'm thinking and doing. So I don't have a routine, but, um, getting out, you know, like when I can tell that I need nurturing, that I need to like get something out of my body. Like my go-tos are going on walks and I will like often like share about them on social media and call them like wonder walks, which is like walking around and like being with nature and noticing all the flowers and noticing the sky and stuff. Um, and again, that's just like for any minutes. Um, I drink a lot of water. Um, my sleep routine <laughs> is very self-care, whereas I like to fall asleep reading. Um, and I love to read, but I learned a while ago, if, uh, as soon as my eyes start to close, I have to um, quit reading immediately. Um, because if I would even finish the paragraph or the page, then I would like wake myself and I'd be like, what happened? I was tired. And now I'm awake for hours. So that's actually a big self-care thing because I would want to keep reading because I love the book, but then I would end up being awake for hours. So it's like an annoying thing that I'm like, my eyes just closed and I always, I really want to finish this. <laughs> so that's a big self-care routine for me in my night, letting, making myself go to sleep when my eyes first start to close. That's good. I, you actually just reminded me to put my glasses on while I'm on a screen. So thank you for that. Cause I was like, Oh, what have I forgot? Oh, yep. That's what I forgot today. And I can feel it. Um, so the second question we ask everybody is what does being courageous mean to you? Being courageous to me means being honest with myself and with others. That's a beautiful answer. Thank you. And the last question we always ask is besides your own, do you have a book that's been particularly meaningful to you along your journey that you would like to share with our listeners? Yes. And I keep forgetting the name. I have to get it off my shelf because I will 
say it terribly. Okay, this is the book. I was asked this again, like by somebody else recently, and I could, I was like, it's this. I kept saying like twenty million things. So it's called Hardcore Zen, Punk Rock Monster Movies, and the Truth About Reality by Brad Warner. <laughs> and I read this um, that summer when I was like healing and grieving and trying to figure out what to do after my dad died. And I loved it because he like everything he wanted came true. Like he ended up, he was a punk rock musician and then like wanted to get into animation and moved to Japan and was hired like the top company that he wanted to be hired by. And he was studying with the top Buddhist monks and everything that he strived for he got, and he was still suffering internally. <laughs> and like, you know, it's so like that realization we were saying of like the human condition of like, yeah. And those, so those sorts of stories have always been my favorite is this reminder. And like I said, even when I was working with these people that had it all and seeing like, wow, we're being so hard on ourselves and acting as if once I have this and once I get this, once I'm, you know, thin enough or healthy enough and make this much money yeah. and I'm in a relationship and have this house can afford this car, or whatever, then I'll be fulfilled, worthy enough, whatever. And it's just like, nope, that's an constant inside job. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Thank you. Gosh. Thank you for everything you've shared with us today. If anyone wants to find you, follow you buy your book, where can they do all of the things? The book is available everywhere, especially online. But if you go to F the shoulds do the once.com, there's a landing page that links out to all the places, but yeah, it's available on audible as well as, you know, Amazon and bookstores. And you can order from your favorite indie bookstore through that, um, link too. And there's also some bonuses there. You can get five, five part bonus um, video series and a tapping meditation from Jessica Ortner to help you move from the shoulds to the once. Um, yeah, so that's after the shoulds do the once.com. My main website is trishahuffman.com or your They're still, <laughs> they're the same thing still, but I'm starting to venture out into my own name and I'm mostly at underscore Trisha Huffman on social media. Um, and I have at your too. Thank you so much, Trisha. It was a pleasure. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Courageous Wellness. Tune in every Wednesday for a new episode featuring a different guest each week. Subscribe, rate, and write us a nice review. And you can also follow us on Instagram at Courageous Wellness or get in touch via our website, www.courageouswellness.net, where you can also find additional info about our health coaching services, virtual group events, newsletter, and more. Until next week, I'm Allie. And I'm Erica, and we're Courageous Wellness.